long-awaited, um, if you are new, then you won't know this, but if you've been around for a while, you knew that we have, one time in the past we started the book of Ephesians, uh, and then we kind of forgot about it. Um, so we're going to unforget about it tonight and uh, jump back into that, um, and that also is strategic. Uh, some of you are aware. We're going to do the summer series again coming up uh, in a couple weeks where uh, we'll get some some new faces up here preaching, um, do some small group stuff, so that'll be cool, um, and that'll be in the second half of this book. So uh, we're going to get to that point before then, so you can go ahead and turn to chapter 3 is where we'll be picking up in chapter 3. So we, up to this point, we finished uh, the first two chapters, and just by way of quick review, chapter 1 talked a lot about salvation. And from the the spiritual blessings that we have through the specific method of salvation that God has made available to us today, um, from that all the way to the means of how that salvation works for us, um, Paul explained to the Ephesians, since he heard of their faith, man, he prays for them, and he wants them to understand these truths about who they are as believers, uh, who Christ is as the Lord, and the power that's available to us through that, through being his body, and through, through being in the church, and and then chapter 2 goes on and, and further into the real changes that, that took place as a result of our salvation. From physically who we were and where we were at in the past as being dead and trespasses and sins um, and, and as being Gentiles, from then to spiritually who we are and where we can be now as part of his household. And we talked about those things. And just as a kind of on the topic of review and with where we're going, if you wouldn't mind flipping to the chapter 1, the first verse, I just want to remind us of the first verse of, that Paul writes to the church of Ephesus. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus. So this book, of course, is written to the church at Ephesus, the, the saints that are there, the saved people that are there. Um, and of course, we are saints in New Philly, right? A church in New Philly. So, so this is directly applicable to us as written to a church. But he goes on and he says, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. And so while, of course, this book is written to a church in the church age, the question I guess I would pose is, is this written to you knowing that it's written to the faithful that are in Christ Jesus? I, I noticed that and thought, man, okay, I, I need it to be written to me. <laughs> I want it to be written to me. I need to be faithful. And so we're going to talk tonight about being faithful. And we've been entrusted with some things. Paul wanted the Ephesians to understand spiritual truths that he, that he talked about in this book, some things that we've already seen in the first two chapters. And of course, we need to understand those things as well and, and understand that we've been entrusted with those things. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 through 2, Paul says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And so Paul, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and, he, and he's mentioned, hey, there, there are mysteries, and you guys are stewards of them. The church is stewards of the mysteries of God. And it's required in a steward to be found faithful. And so we need to be stewards of the mysteries of God and stewards of, of truth and doctrinal truth. And so I titled your message, the message for tonight is Stewarding Good Doctrine. And so, so there's faithfulness that's required of us in that. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So we're going to dive right in, and we're going to read the first 12 verses of chapter 3. So start in verse 1. 
It says, For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read ye may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am, the le- who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Before we jump in, let's go to him and ask him to teach us. Heavenly Father, um, we come before you tonight and we're just thankful. Um, we're thankful that you're good. Um, we're thankful that you're gracious and merciful and that you love us. And uh, Lord, and that, that you, know, you fight our battles for us. And as long as we come to you uh, as the source of power and the source of truth, Lord, um, man, we, can, we can trust you with everything. Um, and we're so grateful for that. As we dig into these truths tonight and as we seek to apply them to our lives, I pray that, that you would be our teacher, um, that you would help us to understand these concepts so that, so that we can take them to heart and, and be obedient. And ultimately, we want to glorify you and, and help us to do that as part of this tonight. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so uh, that's a lot of verses, but if I had to sum it all up, uh, we see Paul talking here about a mystery that's been entrusted to him. And we've, we've already previewed part of this earlier in this book, even in the first week when we are talking about our salvation, if you remember, and that our salvation specifically is being in Christ. And since that's true of us, it, it makes it possible for us to be his body, the church, right? But the church was a mystery in the Old Testament. So Paul is officially revealing that mystery here, officially in, in, this, in the whole letter to the Ephesians. And, you know, the primary location that we'll see as far as the specifics are concerned are in chapter 5, which we'll get to later on in the summer. But overall, the passage tonight is a primary location where Paul explains that God revealed this new specific truth to him, and he is tasked with revealing it to everyone else. And since this specific form of salvation available today makes it possible for the Gentiles to come to God without separation, unlike was true in the Old Testament, Well, this is why Paul talks about being the apostle to the Gentiles in several other places in the New Testament. And it's also why he calls this his gospel possessive. It's it's his gospel. He calls it that in several places, like Romans 2.16, 2 Timothy 2.8. And it's because God entrusted it to him, and he has to share it. So God was working in a new way than he used to, and it's, it's now available, salvation's available equally to even the Gentiles, in what has now become predominantly the age of the Gentiles, and Paul has to make it known. Paul must be a good steward of the mystery of the gospel and its resulting truths. He talks, talks about this at the end of this book of Ephesians in chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. He asks the, the Ephesians to pray for him, and then he says in verse 19, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly, 
to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So Paul's been entrusted with this mystery of the gospel, and he has to speak it. He's got to get the word out. And, and so similarly, we can make that same application to ourselves because we've been entrusted with these things as well. Paul, Paul wrote them to a church to reveal them. We're a church, they're revealed to us, and so now we hold these truths and, and these mysteries, and so we have to be faithful with this right doctrine. And so that's, that's what we're striving for tonight as we look at this passage. It's how to be a faithful steward of the mysteries and of right doctrine because they're, they are connected together. And so your first point is understand the mysteries. Of course, if you're entrusted with something, you've got to know what it is, right? You've got to understand it. So from the, the first six verses again, Paul said, for, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which it's given me to you, word, it's given to him for you, right? Verse 3, how that by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote a four in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And the mystery is that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. And so we see here that God dispensed some very specific grace to Paul for a very specific purpose. God gave Paul some specific knowledge for him to reveal. And first, understand the biblical definition of a mystery. What, what is a mystery? It's mysterious. Well, in verse 5, if you picked up on that, a, a mystery isn't something that's impossible to be, to be known. It's not like something's a mystery and you can never figure it out. But a biblical mystery, is, it's something that used to not be known because it wasn't revealed yet. So people in the Old Testament, you know, they wouldn't understand this stuff. But, but God revealed it to Paul and now it can be known. So it, it's a biblical mystery. And... So just as Paul was entrusted with knowledge to give to others, we also want to be faithful with what's been entrusted to us. Because in, in terms of the method of salvation, God is still working in this same way that he started working then when he revealed it to Paul. So through Paul, God's revealed it unto us and entrusted it unto us. So then the question is, do you understand this knowledge and these mysteries? If you don't understand these things, if we don't know them, I mean, how, how can we be good stewards of them? Of course we can't. And so, also you'll, so you'll you, you know, you won't, as part of being a bad steward of the mysteries, you, you're going to have bad doctrine as well. And of course, not understanding them leads to that. So you must first work to understand the mysteries and to rightly divide the truth of God as it's been entrusted at us, to us in order to be a good steward. And this is a good application for us tonight. This is, so this is the well. Um, welcome, and especially for you newly graduated seniors, you're with us tonight, you can't go to Ignite anymore, you're stuck with us. Um, welcome to adulthood. You're in the big leaves now. Your faith and your understanding are only going to be as deep, as deep as you make it. And you need to study the Bible for yourself and learn good doctrine for yourself, or else you'll never be a good steward of the Word. And really... That's a good application for all of us. We're all in the same boat at this point. You get, you get out of high school and everybody's suddenly on the same playing field. Um, so listen, as adults, these are things that we need to do. Uh, we need to be, grow and be mature in the faith and be good stewards of the word of God and learn it. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, 
a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. As stewards of God's word and right doctrine and the mysteries, we've got to study to get them right, or else we'll be ashamed. As bad stewards, we'll be ashamed when we stand before the Lord. And so on the topic of the mysteries and on right doctrine, understand that those that have bad doctrine, frequently they pervert, they twist, they rest from context, they forget about, or they misapply the mysteries specifically. And that's why the mysteries are so crucial to the discussion of good doctrine. So most of what we've been seeing Paul talk about and reveal in this series is on the topic of the church and the mystery of the body of Christ. And that's a very, a very specific mystery of many, and it's a specific result of the gospel. And as a matter of fact, at least half of the mysteries are results of or directly tied to or related to the gospel in some way. And, and frequently, I think that those are what Paul is referring to in this book, especially in this passage tonight. Um, and so, as far as the gospel is concerned, um, you know, so people, people divide them out differently. Um, some people may count seven mysteries. Some people may count eight. Um, depends on how specific you want to be with your language when you phrase them. Um, so as far as uh, the way that I believe I see them, uh, the best I could do, I, I've got eight for you. And I put them on your sheet. Um, and so ironically enough, uh, while I'm going to charge you to be good stewards of them, we're not actually going to specifically talk about them. Um, so I put them on your sheet so you could go home uh, and study them on your own uh, tonight, later. Learn them, read the references, uh, think about them, talk about them, all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's a starting point for you. Um, but on the topic of good doctrine in general, I mean, you're, you're going to have to study. And in conjunction with studying and learning to study and learning good doctrine, you can't remove yourself from the church. The church is a place where you can learn these things and learn how to rightly divide the scriptures. So don't think you're out on your own. Not only are you not, but you shouldn't be. Right? You should be in the church with us. Satan wants to get you separated from the body. Don't let that happen. You need to be in the body. 1 Timothy 3.15 says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, notice, the pillar and ground of the truth. So this point, this first point, it's about what to know. Learn the mysteries and how to understand them here in this church with us as this church upholds them and is a good steward of them. And while knowledge is important, of course, knowledge simply for the sake of knowing isn't the point. I mean, knowledge puffeth up and it makes you prideful when it's not balanced with practice and with charity, right? So, so get involved. You are who you hang out with. So if you want to be a person that's accounted as a faithful steward, then you should hang out with those people. You should be in the body of Christ and you should learn from those people and you should serve with those people. So getting involved can be an effective strategy in making this first point a reality in your life. Um, but, but it's also critical to where we're going in this next point as well. And that's that if you want to be a faithful steward of the ministries, I mean, you have to be a minister of the mysteries. Verses 7 through 8 of chapter 3, Paul says, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul was given this grace and knowledge not to keep it to himself, but he's a minister of it. He needs to preach it. 
Because others need to know what God's doing and they need to know how to get on board. A minister is someone, if you just look up the word minister in the Bible and just run references on it, it's someone that serves another one, someone else to their benefit frequently in a spiritual context. And Paul was a minister of these things. And you know where ministry primarily happens as part of God's plan laid out to Paul? What happens in the church? So again, you need to be involved here in a very practical way. However, in specific reference to this point, you need to be a minister and to serve people by upholding and promoting and preaching right doctrine. Because at a, at a minimum, bad doctrine will lead people to be ashamed before Christ, like we already saw in 2 Timothy 2.15. But at a maximum, man, bad doctrine could lead people to hell if they don't believe a pure gospel. And the mystery of the gospel, I mean, that's one of the things we are certainly entrusted with. So your involvement as a minister to rightly live and uphold and preach truth is an incredible service to those around you. And it's a primary goal of being entrusted with the mysteries and right doctrine. Jesus said in John 8, 32, he said, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The best life is the life that's lived in sincerity and truth. Real truth that lets you live free without the bonds and the rules and the worry that comes with bad doctrine. Paul warned Timothy in the beginning of 1 Timothy chapter 4. He warned him that in the latter times there are going to be those that give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And he warned him about a bunch of bad doctrine that's going to produce a bunch of negative results that we don't have time to look at. But he tells Tim that he doesn't have to be that way. As a matter of fact, Tim, he should be a good minister and a faithful, and a faithful steward of those truths. In 1 Timothy 4, 6, he tells him, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, as in contrast to that bad doctrine, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. And that's exactly what we should be doing also to attain unto that faithful result. We want to be faithful stewards of the truth that God's entrusted to us. All of it. So let's put people into remembrance of it. Whether it's brothers or sisters' lifestyles or doctrine that doesn't line up to the truth. And if we know the truth and we're not preaching it, we're not ministering unto them for their benefit. Because that truth will really set them free. And it, when, when it comes to the gospel itself, we've got to be sharing that with the world. If we don't, we don't care about them. And we're not preaching the truth either. We need to be good stewards of the truth because that affects people's eternity. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, Paul said, But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. We have to speak the gospel because we've been put in trust with that. Uh, Pastor Troy said a few Sundays ago, he said, if you're silent as a Christian, you are a failure. And that hit me hard. Um, And I was like, man, I needed to hear that. We can't be. We can't be silent. We've got to be ministers, and we've got to open our mouths about the right things, the truths, and the mysteries. So if we're going to be good stewards of these things, we've got to know them and understand them, and we have to faithfully live and preach them. And if we're doing that, it brings us to our last point, that God's going to be glorified. And so display the manifold wisdom of God is your blank, manifold. That's, that is for sure a striving point to where we're going. Verses 9 through 12. 
Um, Paul, he said he's being obedient to minister and to preach these things. And then in verse 9, he says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So Paul's obedience and faithful stewardship produces some specific results. And so the first result if you notice, he wants to put the fellowship on display that's possible through what Christ has done. The, this mysterious thing that, that no one understood before Christ did it and revealed it to Paul, what he did, man, that can produce fellowship. And we talked a lot about this fellowship specifically in the second half of chapter two as we worked our way up to this chapter. And since historically speaking, God was working with the Jews and the nation of Israel throughout most of the Old Testament, there was this great divide between Jews and Gentiles. Basically, Jews are the, God, the people God was working with and Gentiles sort of everyone else. So the gospel is what reconciled that divide and made it equally possible for any and all to come to God. That specific aspect is a big part of many of these mysteries that God's doing these great things with Gentiles now too. So this fellowship Paul's talking about specifically in this passage is in reference to that. However, once any individual gets saved and accepts Jesus Christ into their heart as personal Lord and Savior, God makes them a new creature, 2 Corinthians 5.17. And as part of that, there's no more spiritual identity or distinguishment as Jew or Gentile, but all are one in Christ, Galatians 3.28. So the continued fellowship that would occur practically through drastically different people groups is also an outstanding testament to God's glory and wisdom by what he has done through this. And that can be seen in the church, which is Christ's body. And again, that's one of the mysteries. So our unity as his body can display his glory to the world around us. So we should be unified. And when it comes to right doctrine, the mysteries that we've been dancing around are of utmost importance. Because Amos 3.3, 3, we've seen this before. Can two walk together except they be agreed? How can we be unified when we disagree on major doctrines? Those major doctrines are going to be unifying points for us. And when we share unity of doctrine, man, the family is so evident. This is one of the major things I've learned through the Living Faith Fellowship and the chance to interact with like-minded people from like-minded churches. Um, and so one of those things that you can see, I mean, if you, first of all, I guess I would encourage you, if you've never been to Mission Focus in the winter, you got to check that out because that's awesome. It's cooler when you go somewhere else because you're out of your own homeland. But if you can't make it out there or to All Church Retreat or any of these other Living Faith Fellowship things, okay, we'll stick around for Certainty Conference when, when people come here to us because that's when you get to experience the, these things. Because no matter how different you are on the outside, no matter how far away physically you live from people or how different your cultures are even if you've been on mission trips, if your doctrines align, there's immediate unity in family. It's awesome. And that's how the body of Christ should be. And that produces results that are visible to the world. Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this shall all men know the EMR disciples, if you have love one to another. And that's one reason Satan's always trying to create division in the church, especially through doctrine and bad doctrine. And it's because that division tears down God's display of glory to the world. And so that's, this fellowship is, is one of the first results. 
But that fellowship also produces another result that's awesome. And so the second result Paul mentions in our passage is basically summed up as putting God's glory on display to higher powers, right? It's to that intent. When we humans live faithful, obedient lives according to his word and his truth, we can put God on display to other supernatural beings. It sounds crazy, but it's true. And that's another incredible result uh, tied into our salvation as being specifically in him. That's not going to go away. Our salvation's in him, like we talked about early on in this series in chapter 1. And we even framed that then in terms of the mystery of the church, as we talked about that and our specific method of, of salvation, and we, if you remember when we railed on Calvinism, all that stuff. But, but God is God of way more than just the physical realm that we see around us. And the fact that we get to be in him is an incredible testimony to who we get to be as his sons and daughters and who he is. Colossians 2.10 says, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So the mysteries and truths that we've been talking about, specifically the gospel and its results that we get to experience in this day and age, God's working is put on display through us as we're obedient to live according to those incredible spiritual truths. This physical world that we see and interact with is only the half of it. It's only half of reality. There's a whole spiritual realm out there that we can't see. And yet, we can live in faithful obedience to to those spiritual truths and put him on display in ways that we don't even understand in this life. The mysteries and right doctrines tell an incredible story of what God has done and will do with humans in history and in the future. And we didn't talk much about the nation of Israel tonight, although their restoration is one of the mysteries that's listed. You can check that out later. But when Paul is talking about their story and how God use, used to use them as his primary people to reach the world and how that switched to the Gentiles and the church, but it will come full circle when it's all said and done, When Paul's talking about all that, he draws a conclusion. And it's exactly what we're talking about. It's all about God's wisdom and glory being put on display. Look at what he says about it. In Romans 11, 33 to 36, he says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things, and to whom be glory forever. Amen. So faithful stewardship of the mysteries and right doctrine is going to produce unity and fellowship within the church and is going to display or put God on display and his incredible power and wisdom and glory, both to the physical realm and the spiritual realm. That's awesome. That is the result of faithful stewardship. That is what is at stake And that is what we're striving for. So this is a big deal. So please, strive to study and understand how to rightly divide Scripture so that you can understand right doctrine, so that you can live right and be unified with us so that God gets the glory. So maybe you hear tonight and all of this is new to you, the idea of these mysteries and that sort of thing. That's okay. Uh, You're in the right place. Uh, to start that process of understanding. So just keep coming back, lock arms with us. We'd love to have you, and, and you can grow from there. Or maybe you're here and you've been around a while, but you've not been diligent specifically to study out the mysteries. 
Well, there's no better time to start than now, right? You should be able to understand these mysteries so you can uphold them and put the brethren in remembrance of them for the sake of the unity of the body and the betterment of all of us. It's worth it. Maybe you're here and you've partially studied them or whatever, and, or, you know, you, you don't quite understand them or you uh, don't necessarily disagree with them. You know, well, look, how can, how can you walk with those that you disagree with? Man, I would encourage you to put in the work to reconcile that disagreement. Relationships are work, right? If you're going to walk together, your feet get dirty, and you've got to wash each other's feet. Okay, well, it requires work and effort. Man, so put that effort in and that work in so that we can walk together. Because this church needs to be unified to bring God the maximum glory. So let's work to be in agreement on these things. And, and we flew through a lot of this because I wanted us to have some time to hang out tonight. But maybe you're here and you're not even sure what it means to be saved. And if, if that's you, man, thank you so much for coming. And I would encourage you, please don't leave not understanding what that is. Like, we're here because we would love to talk with you about that. So, so me or pull one of the leaders aside or pretty much anybody here that you know, man, they would love to talk with you about that, about salvation and how you can be sure that if you were to die today, you could have spent eternity with God in heaven forever. Uh, man, because that is worth it. That is awesome. Man, so, and your eternity is at stake. So, man, whatever your application is for tonight, please, I encourage you to follow through. Amen? All right, awesome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, again, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for these truths. And uh, I know they're incredibly vast, and and we glossed over that quickly, Lord. But, uh, man, at at the same time, the things that you require of us are simple. You just want obedience. I pray that, that we could be faithful to study your word. We could be faithful... Uh, to believe it. We could be faithful to lock arms with, with your body, this church, and, and just follow you and pursue you together. Um, thank you that, that you can somehow get glory through that. that you've, you've rigged the system to put your wisdom on display man, when we're in unity together and in a right walk with you. Uh, we thank you for that, and that's what we want. We want you to be glorified. Um, so I pray that, that that happened tonight, Lord, as we lifted up your name Lord, as we studied your word, as we go on from here and continue to study your word and apply it to our lives, Lord, uh, I pray that you're glorified through that and our obedience to that and the rest of our fellowship here tonight. We love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen.